On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton, and it is just an absolute thrill via the wonders of Zoom today to have a chat to Chantelle Mayo. Now, she is a researcher with the Baptist World Aid, uh, and especially the ethical fashion team, and she's actually the lady who's behind putting out the ethical fashion guide that they do each year, and boy, the impact of this is truly remarkable. Chantelle, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I love uh, this report. I've been a huge fan of this and the impact of what Baptist World Aid have specifically been trying to do for a long time. Uh, I had my world sort of swung around when I, I did some of the work that you guys had been putting out and watched some videos and was challenged by it a number of years ago. And so uh, a big, big believer in this. For those who maybe don't know what we mean by ethical fashion guide and the, the point behind it, I suppose, can you give us a bit of a, a, an understanding of that? Absolutely. Yeah. So the um, the fashion industry employs millions and millions of people around the world. Um, and unfortunately, um, while the side that we get to see in Australia, the, the pretty clothing in the stores, glossy clothing in magazines, um, the fashion weeks that are really beautiful and and, um, and stunning and artistic, while that's the side that we mostly get to see, there's also a really... Um, a really concerning side to the fashion industry, which is that um, the supply chains where people make our clothes are typically ridden with a lot of human rights and environmental issues. Um, unfortunately, it's an area where um, the, the brand names, the companies that, that we know of when we go to the store, they don't have a lot of visibility over the people who actually, you know, harvest the materials or, or sew the clothes that we end up buying. Um, and that means that a lot of people who, who make our clothes um, are often subject to exploitation. Um, and there are also some pretty serious environmental ramifications for the um, from the processes that are used to make our clothes. So the Ethical Fashion Report um, and Ethical Fashion Guide project came out of a desire to really shine a spotlight on the practices of the companies of the biggest fashion companies in Australia um, to want to try and encourage them to to look deeper into that area that lacks that visibility to to understand the um, the situation that their workers are in when they're in the factory producing the clothing that we end up buying um, and then to put in the work to improve conditions for workers because ultimately the fashion industry has a huge huge potential to be a major employer of people around the world to provide skills to people to um, to help people lift themselves out of situations of extreme poverty um, and we want it to be able to do that rather than to do um, the harm it so often causes um, with the systems that are in place at the moment. Yeah and, and you know I think perhaps maybe we start with this area as well. And, and one of the new parts of a report that you put out for this year is talking about who's responsible for it. And my understanding through the work that you do with this is that ultimately the best people to influence are probably the consumers. So if we can be educated, if we can understand, um, then we can start saying, all right, well, we won't buy that. We will buy that. And, and things will eventually change. Money talks in, in that regards. Am I correct in saying that? I know that Part of the, the research that you've done has said a lot of people are saying, well, okay, we, we might be part of it, but really governments and companies are the ones. How do you approach it? Where do you think the best influencer could be? I mean, I think we all have um, a role to play. Um, so the, the research you're referring to coming from our um, inaugural ethical consumer report, which we released earlier this week, um, we decided to um, take the spotlight off the companies in this circumstance and actually put it on the Aussie consumer, try to understand what motivates us to buy, what we're thinking about, what stays top of mind, um, and also what the barriers are to us making more ethical purchasing decisions. 
Um, and we did find that um, that most of our consumers, uh, most of our respondents to the, the survey that we did for the um, for the report, thought that uh, companies um, have the most responsibility in this area um, to to make sure the workers are protected in their supply chain, and then secondly, governments um, before consumers and. You know, I, I don't think they're necessarily wrong in saying that companies have the biggest responsibility. You know, they, at the end of the day, are the ones that have those direct relationships with their factories. They're the ones who have the power to put in place, you know, policies and processes and, and sustainability initiatives and all of those really important, really tangible actions um, to improve conditions for workers on the factory floor. But at the same time, you're right, as consumers, we absolutely have a huge role to play because businesses listen to what their customers want. So if they can see that we're putting, um, that, that we think about where our clothing is coming from and, and that that's a major factor as to whether we take our T-shirt from the, um, the hanger to the register, that should be a major encouragement for them to improve their practices and to really prioritise ethical sourcing as part, of their, um, as part of their business model and as part of who they are. Yeah. Uh, look, I think there's there's some incredible work that has been done and, and I can just see in the future that hopefully we get to a stage where, you know, if it's fair trade or whatever the right system is, that you can see that on the hanger, you know, right now that's sort of what's happens with me. If I buy chocolate, all right, it's it's going through which one to make sure I know what it is. And, and hopefully we're going to get to some places there. We're going to come back to the companies and talk a bit more about that. And that's something you have been putting out for a number of years now. Let's stay on the consumer for a, a moment. As I looked through your report, there was a couple of things that jumped out to me. And, and part of it was um, things that perhaps stop consumers buying something that's ethical, um, both maybe from a human rights point of view, or even from a, you know, a, an environment point of view, those sorts of things. And, and a couple of those really stood out to me. Um, some of those were around price that, you know, absolutely. I know that some of it is, I just don't know if it's ethical or not. Um, one that I thought was quite fascinating too was, it's just so much harder to do it in store than when I'm online because clearly I can just Google it. There's a few others as well, but could you talk into some of the, the various aspects of what is stopping us at the moment? Well, it's really interesting because like you say, we've been doing the, the brand analysis for quite a number of years. And, um, and part of that is trying to have a conversation with consumers around how everyone can be a little bit more ethical in, in their everyday lives. Um, and yet we still see these really common stereotypes um, kind of sticking around like that ethical fashion means buying the $300, you know, organic hemp T-shirt um, or that it um, or that people, yeah, just don't feel confident enough to say which brands are ethical and um, or that, yeah, like you said, that really interesting one that um, that they think it's more difficult to shop in store than online. Um, and it's interesting because those ones sticking around because I think Aussies are a really um, are really generous people. We really do care. You know, our report showed that um, I think more than 80% of Aussie consumers do want to consume more ethically. Um, but most of us are failing to do that because we're aiming for perfection. So we feel like we can't buy ethically unless we can spend the $300 on the one T-shirt or, or that we can only buy from the, the very, very ethical brands that have absolutely no issues. And while that's really admirable, it's also just really unrealistic because we're imperfect people and this is such a complex area and there are so many issues involved that if you try to go straight for, for um, perfection, it, it's just overwhelming. It's too much. It's, it's not possible. So what we really want to encourage people to do is, you know, make a decision to buy more ethically in a way that's accessible for you. Um, you know, so thinking about price, 
you know, if you're in a single income family, you're, you're trying to clothe multiple different people, you can't be going out and spending that much on clothing. And that's where the majority of Australians, you know, that's our, that's our, our standard. Um, so instead of um, aiming for that, Think about, you know, doing a little bit of research into which discount shop is putting um, ethical sourcing and sustainability more at the forefront of what it does. You know, there might be one that's doing a little bit better than the other. And even taking that step is a major contributor to kind of creating this cultural shift in Australia where we, as, as the Aussie population, prioritise ethical sourcing um, as one of our inherent values. Um, the online versus in-store one is super interesting to me as well because I've been there, you know, I've, I've been in a store and um, working on this report, you do kind of walk around the store like, oh my gosh, where do I buy from? <laughs> there are so many ethical ramifications and and then if the reception cuts out when you're thinking about yeah. what you buy this shirt from this brand, what do you do? Um, so I think it's it's definitely about um, having, having um, ethical purchasing really front of mind when you actually make the decision to go and buy something. So it's thinking about it before you're in the store. Um, so it really starts from that, oh, I need to buy a new shirt. Okay, do I need to buy the new shirt or can I borrow one? Can I get one secondhand? And okay, well, if I'm going to go to the shops today to buy that shirt, maybe I can have a look and see if there are some of the brands in my local shopping centre that are doing better than others. And that can kind of help me navigate um, that yeah. making process before I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. And, you know, as we we have talked about uh, in previous interviews with others as well, you know, have the app, have the, the, this ethical fashion guide app up. And, you know, as long as the reception does hold, you can, you can help use that too. One of the other things that I did notice, in fact, it was actually the top um, reason was around good quality. So that people are, are saying, look, the, 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 one of the things that stops me going there is good quality. Do you interpret that as people thinking that maybe the good quality things aren't ethical. And so therefore I'd rather go in to get good quality or that the good quality things are the things that I think are ethical, but they're just too expensive. How did you interpret that? Um, I think that was part of our yeah, research into kind of um, what uh, Australian consumers prioritise right. um, when it comes to kind of making a choice about what to buy. So um, I think, it, yeah, that that table really made a lot of sense because at the top were all those practical considerations. So it was price, it was quality of the clothing. Um, it was kind of those those um, those considerations that go, you know, will I like this and, and will it last me? You know, will it, will it be um, good value for the price that I'm paying for it? But what we saw um, once those practical considerations were out of the way were that things like sustainability um, and ethical sourcing, those are the things that started to crop up once you'd gotten past those practical considerations. So again, that's why we're encouraging people to kind of think, okay, once you've gotten past that bit where you're thinking, how am I going to use this and, and what do I need um, to actually to wear for, for whatever circumstance? The next thing you're thinking about is, well, is it sustainable and what brands should I be thinking about? And um, that's actually part of the reason we created the My Shopping Type quiz to go with the report, because it allows Aussies to find out what kind of consumer they are. You know, are you someone who's thinking first and foremost, what do I need here and now? Um, or are you thinking, you know, what will I need now that will last me five years into the future? Um, or are you thinking a little bit more about what's the environmental impact of this piece? And then whatever kind of consumer you are, you can take a few tangible actions um, to, to be a little bit more ethical within the type of uh, shopper that you are. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. We're going to talk a bit more about that quiz. We're going to talk a little bit more about the ethical shopping guide and also uh, what is the impact of COVID? We understand that, you know, 
Uh, COVID has impacted so many areas around the world in a whole lot of different ways. What sort of impact has that had around ethical shopping as well? More with Chantelle Mayo in just a couple of moments' time. She's a researcher with Baptist World Aid and behind the uh, Ethical Fashion Report, part of that team who puts that out each year. Here on 89.9, The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. Chantelle Mayo is my guest. She is a researcher with Baptist World Aid and behind the ethical fashion guide that gets put out each year. And this year as well, there's a, an ethical fashion um, sort of consumer uh, report that's been put out, uh, as well as a, a My Shopping Type quiz, which was really interesting. Uh, I, I jumped on and did that before our interview as well, and it was fascinating to see. Tell us a bit more about that and, I suppose, the, the why it would be important for us if we want to shop ethically or even perhaps just understand where we're at. Chantel, you know, over 80% of people want to do the, the right thing. Um, tell us how we can, you know, take that quiz and, and the benefits of it for us. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, you can find the quiz at myshoppingtype.com. Um, it's only five minutes, so it's a very quick part of your day. Um, and yeah, it gives um, it gives uh, every kind of individual consumer uh, two pieces of information. So the first is their um, kind of consumer archetype is what we call it. So it kind of tells us um, and tells you, you know, what you're thinking about primarily when you go to make a purchase. And the other thing it gives you is a score out of 100, um, which is kind of, which is based on... Um, the five A's. Uh, I won't go into it too much here. You'll see it in the, <laughs> in the quiz. Um, but it essentially tells you uh, where you've got some really key strengths um, and where you might have some gaps. So, um, for example, maybe you have um, a really good awareness of the issue, but you don't know how to take action on it. Um, and that helps us to kind of give you uh, some tangible information about what you can do to be a little bit more um, ethical in your everyday shop. So, for example, if you're really not super aware of this issue, you're, you're just taking your first steps on your ethical buying journey, um, we'll encourage you to watch things um, like the True Cost documentary, um, which is a fantastic look at um, at. Uh, the exploitation and environmental um, ramifications of um, some really damaging processes in the fashion industry. But if you're a little bit further along and, and um, you're much more aware of these issues and you're already starting to take actions, we might direct you to download the Ethical Fashion Guide and have a look at um, how different brands are performing in Australia um, or, or host a clothing swap with your friends or that kind of thing. So it's really meant to meet you exactly where you're at and help you take your next step as an individual consumer. Yeah, which is just wonderful. Love love the opportunities. And I love what Baptist World Aid has done, as we said as well. From a number of years ago, there was nothing there. They're, they're stepping into this space and now more and more opportunities to influence and impact us as a, as a whole society. It's just wonderful. Um, can you talk to us a bit around um, the understanding of COVID? You know, we, we, we already realise perhaps that um, as much as people want to shop ethically, there's, there's a, a few, not necessarily barriers, but things you've got to work through to actually get to that place. And COVID's sort of thrown so many things out the window. What has been the impact of that on, on ethical fashion? Absolutely. So COVID has obviously had a, had a ginormous impact on every industry and it's definitely had an impact on, um, you know, Australian consumer confidence where, um, I mean, I'm in Sydney right now and so I'm locked down um, and there are lots of businesses going through really tough times and um, really want to want to recognise that, um, yeah, Australians really aren't having a, a particularly easy time at the moment and that can have a huge impact on, on um, purchasing decisions. At the same time, you know, Australians are 
we're a, we're a wealthy nation, we're a really lucky nation, and we're a really generous people. And there are still some really wonderful ways that we can keep ethical sourcing at top of mind, even in the midst um, of upheaval and of uncertainty. Um, you know, I think that something beautiful that came out of the Ethical Consumer Report was that more than half of us really do feel connected um, to our global neighbours. So the difficulties that we've faced in the last 18 months um, really have made us kind of a little bit more empathetic as a people. Um, we feel more connected and we would hope that that um, encourages people to think about, yeah, the person who's making your clothes, um, even if we can't see them. So we did ask um, our, our survey respondents a question on this and 44% of Australians said that COVID influenced them to try and buy better. So it had a really, um, a really interesting impact in that way and that people went, yeah, this is something that I need to be paying attention to. These, um, this is a massive issue and, and within you know, my life, what can I do to contribute mm -hmm. to alleviating these issues? Yeah, that's great. What what a great stat, and uh, great that that's the the, the case. The, the case indeed. Um, now we've talked a bit about it, and one of the things that has been each year has been the ethical fashion guide. And you you also went to companies to to sort of I suppose rank them. That's part of what this this occurs around the the COVID aspect, and and also just generally, you know, each year on year you do this. Were there some um, big moves up or down uh, amongst some of the companies that were surprising to you? Well, last year. Um we did have to we we realized very early on that because of the disruption the fashion industry was facing as a result of covid we couldn't do our normal survey so it's difficult to compare kind of which brands went up and down compared to previous reports um, so what we really focused on was um, what are the immediate needs of garment workers um, most garment major garment sourcing countries are countries that experienced really severe impacts of covid um, and these are garment workers that already face human rights risks risks um, through their, their industry of employment, through the fashion industry. So we were really, really concerned that um, there would be mass layoffs, um, really low pay, um, really, really high chances um, of exploitation, including really severe um, issues like modern slavery and child labour increasing because there was a real lack. Um, there was a real drop in visibility. All the borders closed. We couldn't companies couldn't get over to their factories to see what the conditions were in real time and we needed to work to address that. So what we saw was that um, the majority of Australian companies did put in place some kind of strategy or plan to, um, to try and support garment workers through this time, but there were still some really significant gaps in that as well. Um, the crisis really highlighted that um, the companies that had really solid relationships with their factories, the ones that knew their suppliers that already had in place really um, positive uh, policies and processes to support garment workers, they weathered it the best because they were able to keep in contact with those factories. They had the leverage to kind of um, make sure that proper health protocols and, and risk mitigations were being um, followed. Whereas those companies that didn't have any visibility over their supply chain, it was all hidden. You know, they they didn't have a place to start. Um, so I think it was a real um, kind of demonstration that ethical sourcing practices, companies doing the right thing, they're best placed in times of crisis as well, just both in terms of, um, of doing the right thing, just to do the right thing, but also in terms of just maintaining a business. Yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear too, isn't it? Um, as we you know talk about this and we, we talked about the ethical fashion guide, people can get their, their hands on that too. How, how do they do that? 
Uh, the Baptist World Aid website, you can download the Ethical Fashion Guide, um, which gives you some really interesting advice about how you can shop a little bit more ethically um, yeah, in your everyday life. You can also download the Ethical Fashion Report, which tells more of the COVID story um, and, and kind of teaches you about some of the major issues that, that garment workers were facing, things like union busting and um, kind of a lack of mechanisms to um, to speak up as a worker, um, some setbacks in environmental sustainability work, which is also really interesting and which we're hoping to build back better from going into the future. Yeah. So that website is baptistworldaid.org.au and uh, the shopping type that we talked about a bit earlier on, you can access it through that way as well. So maybe we'll just That's give correct. you that website. And so it was just one for it, baptistworldaid.org.au. Just before we let you go, Chantel, um, your, I suppose, encouragement to us, you, you sit in this world, um, as we said, more than 80% of Aussies are saying, I want to do something about it. Um, what, what's your encouragement to us, especially perhaps if we think, you know, I do want to do, but I don't really know where to start. What's the first thing? Obviously, head to the website, baptistworldaid.org.au. But um, is there a mindset that I need to have or, or what's the first thing I need to actually do? I think it's really important that every Australian realises the, the power that they hold as an individual. That's something that's been um, really incredible to me, you know, as I get to kind of talk to these uh, companies and, and talk to the everyday Australian about, about these issues is that um, every single, the, the issues that we're trying to fix here, they're absolutely ginormous. They're really, really complex. And so many of them will only be fixed through a real systemic change. Um, and the way to achieve that systemic change is to be one of the Aussie consumers that raises your voice about the issue. Um, and that that can be in whatever way works best for you. So it's about telling your mom that, you know, for Christmas, you'd really love if, if she um, bought your new clothing from a, a company that got an A, you know, in ethical sourcing and um, or it's or it's talking to your local church group or or your school or your, your university and saying this is actually a really big issue and it's really um, important in your business studies class or your fashion design class or your environmental science class. It's all really relevant. So just be that person that that passes it on, um, first of all. And again, just try and make those everyday um, imperfect ethical choices. Um, I know for, for me, it's kind of it's always been a little bit of a tug of war between what issue do I try and prioritize? So um, I'll try and look for, you know, particular material some of the time, other time I'll, I'll, um, I'll have a look into, you know, how transparent a company is being. And if I think I can kind of trust um, them based on the amount of information they've got on their website about their, their consumer, um, their corporate social responsibility. Um, it's always a different decision. Um, but it's only an extra five minutes in your day to do that, that quick Google and to do that little bit of research or to download the report. And it's really worth doing because you become part of um, the, the cultural shift that we need to improve conditions for workers in yeah. the industry. Yeah, I, I love that too, because it's all the way back to what we said at the start that, you know, we let's not try and make it perfect because it's just too overwhelming. But a, a positive, imperfect choice is better than a, a, a nothing choice in that regard. Exactly. And, and I know certainly I was encouraged a number of years ago um, as I went through trying to understand this, that, you know, for us, as we went to the supermarket, we said, look, let's not try and change the whole shop. But once a week, we're just going to choose one product and we're going to look at that and say, well, what's our milk choice or what's our 
tea choice or what's that, whatever it was. And by doing that, eventually we build up enough of a, an arsenal of understanding what we want to do and, and how we want to change the world. And so it's just little bit by little bit. Let's not make it overwhelming for us. I think that's a great Absolutely. encouragement. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did the same thing. I um, I switched to fair trade coffee. Um yeah. I realized that that was, that was an everyday shift that I could make and it's absolutely delicious. So, yeah. so that works quite well. Can I ask, what was your, um, my shopping type quiz? What was your consumer type when you? Shopped? I was a uh, conscientious uh, something or other. Oh boy. I've oh. shut it down now in front of me. Uh, so that's where I was, but I, I still had a bit more growth to go. So that was my big one there. So. Conscious consumer that is very that's impressive. Um, do you like, have you had to think about what you'll do next from the quiz? Look, I think for me, it's going to be um, what is that last little bit more that I can do and and not just make it. As I was doing that quiz, I was sitting there saying, you know what, I think about this a lot. Do I make sure I'm putting it always in action when I have those moments? And so I think that was my next one. And especially I think for most of us as Aussies as well, we sit there and we say, actually, my next bit it, in the moment, do I just make take the easy choice? And I think that was the thing for me was, okay, just doing a quiz like that to don't just take the easy choice the whole time, even when you're under pressure, perhaps is the, the key one, I think, for, for me as I took away from that. Well, all the best to you on, on your ethical shopping journey as well as you go forward from today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chantel. Uh, that website again, baptistworldaid.org.au. Chantel Mayo is our guest. Uh, it's been great hearing her. She's a researcher with Baptist World Aid, puts out this ethical fashion guide as well. Chantel, thanks again for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This is 89.9 The Light.